Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello and welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. This week I'm joined by yet another expert who I brought onto The Mentor TV show. He's a great bloke. His name is Joey Scandizo. Now, if you're in the hairdressing industry, you know exactly who I'm talking about. The guy's a legend. And he's only 38 years of age. Joey is in the hair business. Hairdresser, stylist. And not only is he the four times winner of the Australian Hairdresser of the Year, but Joey is a very large product seller in his own right. He owns a product called Eleven, and it's worth listening to this podcast to listen about how he rolled out that product globally. I want to talk to Joey about this monetization of his brand through a hairdressing product, but I also want to talk to Joey about the way he executes that program. How does he execute that hairdressing product and make it international and global. That's not an easy thing to do, make something global from little old Australia. That's not an easy thing to do when you're competing against all these big international brands around the world. He's done a brilliant job. I can't wait to talk to him. Let's get into it. Joey Scandizo, welcome to The Mentor. Mate, thanks for having us. Mate, you were fantastic in uh, our second last episode. You were awesome. Um, and I want to talk to you about a whole lot of stuff. Uh, but first and foremost... Congratulations, mate. Four-time winner of the Hairdresser of the Year, and you took home the gong, was it Sunday night or Monday night? Uh, Monday night. Monday yeah, so. night. So uh, it was this week. Four times. Like, That's a bit of a record. Four times, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, four times. I'm, I mean, I'm honoured to take the prestigious award. It's always good, you know. You work hard for these things, so... When they pay off, you celebrate and you have a good time. So I'm feeling a bit rusty this morning, but I'm I'm here. Well, all uh, good reasons on this, mate. Awesome. <laughs> hey, can I get, by the way, just out of interest, I mean, how do you become the hairdresser of the year? So what do you got to do? You sit down and do a sort of a knockout competition on the day, or how's it work? No, it goes. There's two things. There's two sides. One of them is you've got to put together a photographic collection of six uh, images. They're in, you know, meant to inspire and um, and be on trend. And then there's a submission side. So in, in this submission, it says it's got all your business acumen, everything you've done for the year. Um, have you been a role model as an ambassador for the industry? So, and you put that all together in a book and then it gets judged by, um, I think, 20 international hairdressers from around the world judge it. And then they tally it all up and then there's... Um, Hopefully your name's at the end and you win. And uh, is there a, it, does it take place over a period of time? It goes over a year. It so, goes over the whole um, year. They, yeah, they base it from March to March. And in that, he's got everything from your business acumen, how your business is done. Um, you know, For me, I've been lucky because I've got a product company as well, a hair product company, and you know, got over 120 staff. So I think they look at every single thing you do for the industry and you know, education, traveling the world, doing shows and competitions and, um, you know, just inspiring different people. And then they judge it on all different levels and then it comes down to a scoring system. And then at the end, um, they tally it up and you just hope your name's at the end. So you probably already started your submission for next year. Yeah, I'm already, uh, what are we now? We're, what are we in June, so I'm about three, three, four months into it. So I've just come back from Sweden, 
last week. Uh, I think we had over a thousand people at the show. Went to Denmark, did another thing there. So it's always going on. There's always something so, happening. Well, that's interesting. So you you went to Sweden. So what was a was there an international hair show that you went and featured, or you went and spoke yeah. at, or? They do like a, um, it's called Session Map, and they invite everyone from Sweden comes to um, this one event, and we all go there, and they, they all come. We put on a show. I mean, I've got the brand Eleven Australia behind us, so a lot of the people who's, who um, use the brand Eleven over there, they come. We put on a show, talk about new products, new ideas, and then we you know do hair and inspire people, and after that, they all come together, and we have a big gala night at the end, and... The one in Sweden's always awesome. You know, they've got a thousand people there. There's probably about 950 women, 50 blokes. So <laughs> it's always a good night. Shocker. It's not a uh, bad way to end the weekend. Uh, 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 which, which city in Sweden? Uh, this year was in Gothenburg. Oh, it's awesome. It's a great, cool. great city. Yeah. Especially great this time city, of year. Yeah. It's nice now. Yeah. It's, oh, mate, it was just, uh, I think the weekend we got there was, um, it was the first weekend where they've had sun for a while. So the whole city just erupts. Everyone gets out in the streets and the streets are alive. It's awesome. Wow, what we're saying. I, I think for anybody listening to this sort of stuff, um, and like let's say you're in the you know the, the hairstyling and or beauty industry, um, what Joey's talking about is being expansive, and uh, it's not just about what you do in your salon. And, and people say, "Oh, I want to be Joey Scandizo," yeah, but what they don't realise is the amount of time and effort and planning, and how you um, sort of spread yourself. I mean, that, that's that's huge mm. to be able to go along to Sweden and to Denmark, and I'm sure there's a whole lot of other shows you do around the world. Yeah. between here and March next year too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's. I mean, it, sometimes it's sa- you've got to sacrifice a lot to do this as well. You know, a lot of people think it's just easy. You, you wake up in the morning and, you know, you're nine to five. It's not a nine to five thing we do, you know. You're on planes, you're travelling around the world, you, you know, your, your family's not there most of the time. So, but I mean, it's all for a good cause. I enjoy it. But I think the most important thing is having a bit of balance and, you know, you've still got to see your family as much as you can and, you know, you've got your business you got to look after and, I think it's just making sure every single thing you do, it's calculated and you do it for the right reasons, you know. You don't just jump at everything. If someone throws an invite to you, you can't just go to every single thing that comes at you. It's just making sure you do what you love first of all and um, make sure everyone around you is getting something out of it as well. So take me through a, let's take it, the last two weeks in the life of Joe Scandizo and, and we talk about your 11 product, but... Um, just take me say the last two weeks. Uh, so last two uh, weeks. Because I, I, I'll just sorry to interrupt you just there for a second. But because yeah. I think people think, oh, geez, you've been in Sweden. You're probably there for two or three days. You fly there. You've had no sleep. You get up and you do your thing. And sure, uh, you get the energy to do all that sort of stuff because mm. it's exciting. But after you've done two or three times, it's less exciting. And yeah, exactly. and then you're facing <laughs> faced with I haven't slept for the last three days because I've been jet lagged. And then you've got to come back here and you've got to face up to the awards. All sounds great, but just take me through a life a, a, a two week period in your life or ten days, yeah, whatever, so, whatever makes sense. Yeah. So probably roughly about two weeks ago, um, you know, I would have been finishing up the salon. I normally do a Thursday, Friday, Saturday at the salon. So what's that um, mean? Would, Tell me what it means. Is start at what and finish at what? Yeah, so normally I get uh, 10.30 till about 9 o'clock on a Thursday. Friday I'll do a 10.30 till 7.30. Saturday I'll do a 9 till 5. Saturday morning we always do a staff meeting, so it's about 8.30. We just rev the team up and talk about, you know, the week and what's happening and what's happening for the next week. So that happens every Saturday morning. There's uh, We've got 36 staff in the salon that we do that in. Um, that's the Joey Scandizo one. And then... Um, Where's that? That finish, that's in South Yarra. South Yarra, Road, right. South Yarra. Yep. Uh, then I think it was on the Sunday, I would have uh, spent it with the family. I uh, would have just went out and did some family stuff with them. So important to do that. 
Uh, the Monday I had a shoot on the Monday morning that was, uh, after that working week. And then on the Tuesday we got on a flight, flight to, uh, to Sweden. It's a 24 hour, actually that was a long flight. It was Melbourne, Singapore, Singapore, London, London, Copenhagen, Copenhagen, Gothenburg. It was the longest route you could ever get. Just cause it's which, probably the cheapest. No, no, it's just, um, just timing. Um, we, it was either we did it that way or we went through, um, Perth. We got there quicker, but it was the what couple of guys didn't want to do the long seventeen-hour direct flight. So straight in um, that day, there straight on the road, we land in, in Gothenburg. Get on the road, we do um, a, a model call. So we just got to go on the street and we we do a model call first, and whatever models we can't find, we got to hit the street and try and find some models who are wanting to let us do what we can. We we'll just tap them on the shoulder. What do you mean? How do you mean? Like- yeah, pretty pretty. I mean, most of the time we do a model call and. You know, a bunch of models rock up, but they're not always the ones you need. There's always a couple of models we need that are difficult, you know, because we're doing some, you know, some of the stuff we're doing is pretty creative and pretty out there. Not every, not every person wants those sort of hairstyles, you know, but we've got to just get those couple of cut models that let us, allow us to do what we want. So the best way to do them is just street cast them and Gothenburg's got some cool people, you know, women and, and guys who are cool. So we hit the streets, we find them. Um, next day we go in, it's rehearsal, prep the hair, get all the hair ready. That's a full day, you know, getting up at eight in the morning, you know, then we do hair, style the hair, cut it all ready for the show the next day. Then we, um, do rehearsals all night. That probably lasts until about 11 o'clock at night. And then comes game day, which is show day. Uh, we, uh, because we, we called 11 Australia, we normally always go on either 11 o'clock in the morning or 11 o'clock at night. Uh, so we, this was a big show. So we did 11 o'clock. So it's an early start for us. That's so a 5 a.m. start. I normally get up a bit earlier, so I always do my run every morning. So I get up at four thirty, go for a you know half hour, forty five minute run, and then straight into it. Start prepping. Show happens. Um, then we've got show finishes normally about one one o'clock, and then from there, go upstairs, sit by the pool, get a bit of sun, and then we've got the gala night, the main night where all the hairdressers come together, and that's for us to, you know, chat to some of our clients and um, spend some time with them. And uh, and that, that's important, you know, as much as the show's great, I think they like to get around us and uh, know who we are as a brand and we get to mingle with them all and spend a lot of time with them. And I think, you know, there's so many different brands out there, but I think what we've got is we're a cool bunch of guys, you know, there's six or seven of us who are part of this brand who, you know, we just spend time with them. They love the Aussie guys and, um, yeah, so... That normally that, that normally wraps up like early hours of the morning. Then we uh, get up early next. Uh, we try and get up early, but we get on a flight. Uh, actually, we got on the train this time to Copenhagen. It was only a three-hour train ride. We go there, have some meetings, spend some time there, and then uh, have, we we've got a head office in Copenhagen as well. So we do some meetings and some talks there about what's coming up next and start planning. Get back. I think I flew in on the Wednesday. Thursday, I was straight back into the salon, three days there, then it comes to Hair Expo. Uh, so Saturday night, we've got you know, a, sh- a thing called Schmooze Fest where all the hairdressers come together and we all sh- you know chat and talk and that's Saturday night. And then Sunday is um, Expo, that's where we get all our team. So we have three shows on, a 9am show and then we've got a, I think it was a 12 and then a 4.30 show. So that's busy. Then we get all the team, the guys together for a dinner on the Sunday night. Then we go back to a show and that finishes at about no, just before midnight. Then come Monday, it all starts again. There early in the morning, we've got a few of our apprentices doing shows on um, <clears throat> Monday morning. So we get there to support them. A couple of barber boys from our barber shops had a couple of shows on. So we spend the whole Sunday there. Oh, sorry, Monday there. 
then get back to the hotel. My family's at, well, we're all staying close at Crown Tower, so we spend, you know, went and spent some time with them. And then it's the awards night. Yeah, we all get down the awards, team up for a few awards. So uh, we took out the Salon Team Award, and then uh, one of my young guys, he won Victorian Hairdress of the Year. Then we won an Editor's Choice Award, and then uh, we won the Big Gong, the Australian Hairdress of the Year. And then... Um, Partying. Tuesday morning, you're walking out of Crown Casino at a few early hours, <laughs> back to your hotel. Your wife said, where have you been all night? And I've just been celebrating with the, the team. And then yesterday, straight back into it and had a couple of meetings to do yesterday, late afternoon and um, back with the family last night and then here this morning. So, and, and, I, and for that, I appreciate that for sure because that's a big call to yeah. get here. And, and, and what, I, what I guess that that sounds, when you listen to it, it's if you're – if you've done these sort of things in another business, which I have, um, yep. I go hectic. That is, no, I don't mean hectic yep. in a good sense, in the current yep. colloquial. I mean it in the old sense. It is hectic. That's full yep. on, right? But yeah, I mean, ha- explain, why you, explain why you do it. I mean, the objectives. The objectives are to meet people. There's your clients. It's to showcase. Tell, tell us yep. why you do there, it. What's your objective? There's a lot of main, I mean, the main reason for me is, I mean, we've got 140 staff across all our businesses, right? Now, I need to keep these guys inspired every day, you know, because our industry, there's a shortage in hairdressers, right? And everybody tries to take it, wants to take all your staff, you know, because we're leaders, we educate, we train our staff hard, so they're brilliant at what they do. So for me, I need to keep every single one of our 140 staff inspired and want to work for us and want to be a part of this team and set the culture right. So for us, we lead into a hair expo and we are the leaders. We need to be the leaders. We need to be the guys who are on stage doing shows, inspiring people. So for that, it inspires an industry, which is important for me to inspire, you know, this younger generation are coming through to stay in our industry. But more importantly, to inspire my staff to, to make them feel special that these guys are talented, you know, because without these kids and these young and these staff and these people around me, it doesn't work. It's not about Joey Scandese. It's about every single one of our guys having an opportunity and be able to do what they love to do, you know, and feeding their fire. You know, you gotta you gotta put the wood in their fire and keep fueling it and making sure they're excited about what they're doing and they're they're on track to hit their goals, you know. So that's part of their goals is they wanna be leaders, they wanna be seen, they wanna be inspired. So that's important. Then the awards night, I mean, there's a few of us up for the awards, but for me, it's to get the whole team around to to build a culture to go, you know, we are a team. You know, we at the awards night, we probably had about you know, 80 to 90 of our staff there and it looked fantastic for me to look around and see you know there's a thousand people at the event but to have you know nearly a hundred of our guys there supporting us and it is the ultimate goal for me so you know there's so that's many your reward that, that that keeps you energized because you're going to be energized yeah, too 100 percent. you know but there's you've got to keep pushing forward you've got to keep sitting bars what's the next thing well who's who's the next person going to be up for an opportunity but even for me just mingling with all the hairdressers and my staff mingling chatting to people and networking and what's the next thing you know we do some talks we do some you know we do some business seminars as well during the day and and you know do i get something out of it look i get a bit out of it you know but it's more the the other hairdressers who need the help you know we, we inspire them we we try and give them ideas because if it's just one salon doing well in this industry, it ain't good. It needs to be a lot of sales. Everyone needs this whole industry needs to lift the bar itself. We all need to be doing good, you know, because then that lifts the you know the the price of what we do. It makes our industry look better, and we all succeed. You know, I, I don't want it just to be 
me on a horse at the front of the pack, just leading and everyone's behind going, going backwards. You know, we all need to sort of grow together and, and that's important. So when people say, what, you know, you, people say, why are you doing all this stuff? You know, you're doing, you know, for me, there's a lot of reasons why I do it, you know, and, and I enjoy it. Most of all, I do enjoy it. You know, this industry has given me so much, you know, it, for, you know, I've got a great lifestyle, I've got a great family, I've got a great house, you know, I enjoy, I get to travel, I get to go all over the world and do what I do. So for me, it's given me so much and it is going to give me so much more, you know, unless I, and I've got to keep working at it. I've got to keep putting in, you know, because if I want to get the most out of this industry, you've got to put in, someone's got to do it and, and a lot of us need to do it. So let's all do it together and reap the benefits out of it. And I think I mean, that's invaluable information and invaluable um, sort of insights from someone who's in the scrum and that's what you do. Yeah. And I, I, for those people listening, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, whether you're in the, you know, the hairstyling industry or in the beautician industry, whether you're selling flowers, it doesn't really matter. If you want to become yeah. sort of a big brand and a big business, which you know, a lot of people aspire to be, some of the things I just got out of what you just said, and I'll, I'll, I'll probably put it more into the general speak, is that yeah, yeah. the first thing we started off with there, Joey, and I think this is a really important one, is that somebody has to take responsibility for creating a big brand for the industry. So it's important that the whole industry is recognized, both locally and globally. The whole industry is um, lauded as being a responsible and a high-quality industry. In other words, the whole hairstyling industry is seen as being high quality not only here in australia but in other places so the whole industry is good is respected that's the first thing and the second thing is recruitment hairdressing is not something you can do on the internet it has to be done by somebody which means in your game as you said earlier you've determined you've worked out that there is a shortage of quality hairdressers relative to the number of people who are providing hairstyling relative to the number of people who want the hair fixed. So so you've got to compete in a very competitive environment to find the best hairdressers or just to keep your hairdresser numbers up. And, of course, every time you produce a good hairdresser, someone else is going to try and knock them off because you've done all the investment and the hard work. So you need to provide what is, you know, the consider the sort of um, – underlying retention strategies for hairdressers and and or recruit and to recruit the hairdressers. In other words, I want to work for Joey Scandizo. Now I work for Joey Scandizo. I want to stay with Joey Scandizo. So the sorts of things that keep people there are awards and recognition in within your own industry and in with your own within your own business and having an exciting brand to be part of. I want to be able to say, yeah, I work for Joey Scandizo, hairdresser of the year four times in a row. I'm with Joey because I go to Sweden. He's cool. He takes me there with him. I sat there with Joey Scandizo on the team, the 80 of us, and I felt very proud to be part of this big group of people who are being recognized throughout the whole place. Then you've got to say, and I'm, I'm working for the Joey Scandizo brand. So the brand is all, all about the networking and all not only here but also uh, local, uh, overseas. And you've got to go overseas as your guys do and girls, to learn. You've got to find out what everyone else is doing in the world. Well, maybe you're, you're already doing the cutting-edge stuff, but – you know, you want to see that you are at the cutting edge as opposed to, yeah. um, you know, being behind the game. And the final thing is all this stuff's got to be driven by a person. Someone has got to have the vision, and that's you. And, mate, I know how this works. It's easy to get tired and jaded, and you yeah. need to do things that energize you, and all this energizes you. So anyone who's listening, what you just heard Joey talk about are sort of the basic fundamentals about running a national business and or a global business, which is what Joey does. And that's how he executes on his global business. And then it requires all those components that he just went through. 
And I think that's incredibly important and really instructive to everybody because I think people think that, you know, we had we had our uh, hairdressing and stylist from Pimble who I brought down to talk to you about, talk, talk to you, uh, the Angio guys, the Angio guys. Yeah, um, yeah. And they probably thought to themselves, gee, wow, wouldn't it be great to be like Joe Scandizzo? But I don't know if they realize what Joe Scandizzo does and all the fundamentals he employs and the thought processes and the, the vision and the how you express yourself. And one of the things I just heard you say is, oh, and it's important to spend some time with the family. Really what you're trying to do is how do I slot my family in there? And that's, that's a big sacrifice. That's huge. You're getting out of West Pimble. You're getting out of where you live in uh, Melbourne and you're putting yourself on the line, and you're actually compromising a lot. And that's a massive sacrifice, and I don't think people realize you've got to make massive sacrifices, and you've got to have a partner, a wife, and kids who understand that, who are prepared to go with that. Um, how does that work for you, mate, that, that part? How do you get around or manage expectations of family? Yeah. I mean, my wife, she understands, you know, what, you know, the, when coming into this relationship, she knew that the passion I've got for what I do, you know, but in the same time, I've still got to continue. Like we make sure that, you know, we, we, we lock in every year. There's like three or four annual holidays. When comes snow season, we've got a place down at Mount Buller. So every weekend comes Saturday, uh, Saturday night, Sunday, Monday, we go down the snow and we spend the time with the kids. In summer, we go down the coast, spend time there. So it's trying to find balance you know what i mean it, I, my wife knows that during the week i'm not going to be home definitely three nights of the week i'm never home for dinner because i've always got a meeting i've got this i've got that there's always something on you know so she knows that well ahead but what i do got to make sure is the time that we are at home and that when we are play, that we spend quality time and we make sure we do things together because it's, it's easy to come home and go geez i'm knackered and just put the feet up on the couch and turn the tally off and don't even have a conversation, That that's not going to work. I need to make sure that as soon as you do get home and there is time together, you know, you've got to spend quality time and make sure you are doing things. But I, I always make sure, I've always marked out time in the count, at least one or two days a week where you spend time with the family, you know. But there's some weeks where you're away for two, three, and I never try and go away for more than three weeks. I always try and keep it two to two and a half maximum if possible. Um, so they're the things I've tried. I mean, we're still learning along the way, you know, I've been doing this probably for the last 10 years and we've been married now for six years and I think it's going really strong, you know, but as we get more and more kids, it starts to get harder and harder. How many kids you got? I've got two. Two little kids. How old are they? Uh, one's three and a half and another one's one and a half. So they're probably not quite an age yet that they miss dad because once they start doing sport, we've got boys or girls. Two boys. Two boys. Yeah. Let's say the two boys start doing playing AFL or something like that. Um, that's when you're going to get you're going to get tested again. There's another round of testing, sort of. Yeah. So, Dad, you didn't come to training with me, or you didn't go to the game with me on Saturday, or whenever okay. they play AFL, and and that that's going to be other, hard on you. Yeah, I mean the other important thing that I I mean around me, I've got a good support around in my business. I've got you know a couple of business partners, and each business I've got different you know partnerships and and partners involved. But I think it's one thing that everyone says to me, you're brilliant at delegating, you know, yeah, I sort of, and I'm not scared to let someone have a go and, and try it, you know, if it was even say, for instance, this weekend at the hair expo, you know, for two, three years ago, but I would have been the one front and center on all the stages, the one talking, doing everything where this year for me, it was my team. It was, it was important that my team were the ones platforming. They were the guys doing the work. I mean, I hosted a couple of events for them, talked them through it and just, did the speaking, but it was actually, it was all, this weekend was all about 
the team and these guys stepping up and these guys taking on roles, you know, even I'd normally be the one that would put the show together, you know, I'm going to put, because we did a few different shows and I, and for me it was not, this year, this is Rachel's job. She can take, she can take this. And I guided her through bits and pieces, but I know for next year now, she did a ripping job and next year that's her job. You know what I mean? And, and the year before I had another guy who was, who was doing it, who did a brilliant job, but he's actually going into a business now. So the role I moved him, you're, you're, you're taking on a business now. You're opening a shop in Richmond. Your focus is here, but the focus now for the shows, this is Rachel's role, you know? So it's growing the people around me and making sure they can do that. Because, you know, even internationally, I get asked to go and do seminars, you know, on a weekly thing, but we can't do it. So we've brought with 11, we've got a whole education team now. So we've got a guy who's based in Europe who lives in Copenhagen. We've got a girl who's based in the U S and around them, we've built a whole team. So it's not me always the person have to be there. You know, I'll be the face of the brand, but I won't be the person who'll be every single day going from salon to salon or state to state. It's building people around us and, and allowing these people to, to step up. You know, I think a lot of people are always scared to say, oh, you know, I want to be the person, I want to be the person. But I think for me, I, I, I'm I'm not, not scared to let go of things and let other people step up and have the opportunity, you know what I mean? That's important. I mean, and yeah. I, I do want – I think what, what I'd like to do right now, Joe, is this, if you don't mind, I just want to go to the break. Yeah. And then when I come back, I want to talk to, the, to you about the importance of this ability to delegate and allow people to make mistakes. In other words, let control go into someone else's hands. Yeah. Um, and that was an issue that we had with um, Jeff in the Ange- out of the Angio business. He had he had this issue about micromanagement. And actually, last yeah. week I interviewed Jay Edwards, and Jay is exactly the same as you. He wants people to yeah. make mistakes and learn from mistakes. But let's go to the break. I want to talk about that, and then I want to talk about your eleven product. Yeah, fantastic, cool, mate. We're back with Joe Scanduzo and from Joe Scanduzo Hair Salon, but also we're here with Joe Scanduzo. He has this product called Eleven Products. It's an international product, and I want to talk to him about the product in a minute. But before I do, I just want to recap on something we were just talking about. It's all very well to recruit people, and, it's, and Joe's got a, a, a great way of retaining his people. He does it through branding. He does it through networking. He does it through awards. He does it, I, and I doubt he pays them properly. One of the things I want to talk to Joe about is this issue of – delegation it's very difficult to keep good people if you don't trust them and you don't hand them some control of your business or control of your operations probably better put joey what is the process in your mind your thought process when you eventually came to the conclusion that i have to now learn to delegate to my staff and trust them to do these things properly how did how did when did that happen and how did you go through the process and how did you become accepting of it and how does it work for you yeah i think i mean First of all, you know, you, when we start up the business and all that, you know, you, you think you can take on everything. I can do it all. I can do all this. I'll do it all on my own. But you'll burn yourself out. You know, it got, got to a stage there where you were trying to be everywhere. I was trying to do this and I was trying to do that and trying to look after your family and trying to, you know, spend t- it, it just got too hard, you know, and I thought this, this is too much. There's got to be a better way of doing this. You know, I've got some good people around me. Now it's time for me to start handing, um, standing, handing roles over, you know, and, it was good because I had a business partner, a two business partners, my brother and um, and a good mate of mine, Joseph, and they started taking on roles, you know, and I started to think, you know, these guys can do it, you know. Okay, along the way, they make a mistake here, they make a mistake there, but they're easy fixed. It's easy to look at and go, you know what, um, we can adjust it here and adjust it there, more in a mentoring role and say, mate, why don't you try it this way or try it that way? 
And then it just started, I started to look at it and go, you know what? This is actually getting a lot easier now, you know? I've, 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 I feel good about myself. I've got more time to think. There's more space now. Because before that, there was no time to think. Because you'll just go, 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 I'll do this and I'll do that and I'll do this. And you actually couldn't even look at your business. So as soon as, the, when I first started letting go of things, I thought, I've got time here. And I actually started thinking more and I started thinking got time now to start creating new opportunities or new, new new ideas in what we're doing so i start to see it work so that's for me was the time where i thought i've got to do this delegating is is a brilliant thing you know and now everyone says i'm the master of delegating i don't touch anything they reckon i just delegate the whole lot but the good thing was and the other most important thing was when i was delegating these um roles over you could see how uplifting it was for the person who took on the role you know they stepped up and thought wow, you know, this is my time to shine here. And they, they just went at it a hundred percent, you know, they're like, so there was two things. There was one for me to help ease the pressure off me, but most importantly was to grow the other people around me and get them excited, you know, and then they'd come in because the way I look at it as well, if I did that, the job that I delegated, I'd probably do it, be doing it at 50% because I just didn't have the time or the energy or I couldn't even think about it where this person was. One role that I give this person, they're going to give it 100%. They're going to own it. Even a lot more than me and take this role and take it to the next level. So I started to see all this and going, you know what? These people, they want to do this role. And a perfect example over the weekend at the expo, this young girl, I gave her this opportunity to direct the show and organize the show. I couldn't have done a quarter of what she did. You know, she went over and beyond. She organized video guys to film all the crew before the show so she could put it up on the main stage. She got all the good models, the great styles, the makeup artists. Mate, I rolled in there on um, Sunday and I've just looked at it and the, the prep room was buzzing. The videos were all up there. The music was going. It was buzzing. If that was me doing that, it wouldn't have been that. It would have been like, oh, shit, I forgot this or I forgot that. Because I just didn't have the time. Where this girl just took it, you know, she took it by the scruff of the neck and just went, this is my time to shine. I'm going to do this job. I'm going to do it brilliantly. And she nailed it. She nailed it and the whole team was buzzing. We walked away from it after the show and the team were up and about. Everyone was lifted and everyone's like, I want to do this now. I want to do that. And I'm like... This is what it's all about, you know. And do you give him a, a debriefing? A of, do you do a debriefing, yeah. Joey, to say how good, well you've done, and do you, like actually give him a pat 100%. on the back? Yeah, I mean, before before we go into the show, before we get on the stage, you know, we, we sit there and I give him a little rev up, tell him, you know, what what the people are here to see him for. You know, we want to inspire these people. It's not about us; it's about giving back to these people. Make sure you're humble when you're up on stage. And then as soon as the show's over, we all go out to dinner, take the whole team out. And that's the most important thing, you know. And, I, and I, individually, I go up to them all one by one and say, you know, you, you did fantastic. You, you spoke well or your hair work today was fa- awesome. You know, you're grown. You're this. So I sort of do that individually over the night. And then at the end of the night, I sort of get up in front of the whole table and just give them a little speech and just say how brilliant, how proud of them I am. And, um, you know, keep doing what you're doing, you know. We're, and just pump them all up and it excites. But to be honest... I don't do it because I have to do it. I do it because I love doing it because I see, I actually get, I'm proud when I watch my team up there doing something awesome and seeing some of our younger guys step up for the first time on a stage in front of a crowd. You're like a father. It makes you proud, you know. You go, you know, these guys have put in the hard yards and they deserve it. So because it's, it's, it's great for me. That's amazing. To me, one of the best things I've ever got out of, people say to me, you know, what was the best thing you ever got out of the wizard business or the yellow brick road business? Yeah. And I can tell you now is watching people grow from, their beginnings 
uh, to becoming yeah. the best at something that they might be doing. It might be the best marketing in financial services or the best marketing person in financial services or yeah, the yeah. best operations person in financial services, the best credit person. It sounds boring, but it's to them it's a great achievement and watching them grow is one of the greatest benefits you can get out of being successful in any business. Definitely. I don't care what it is, yeah. watching them grow. So, Joey, um, I, 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 what I didn't do and I – I guess people sort of saying, well, hang on, he's doing all this stuff. Has this guy got a Harvard MBA? I mean, where does he learn all sorts of stuff? Could you just take me through <laughs> where uh, Joey Scandizo, you know, t- what, when did you be decide to become a hairdresser? Were you 16? You went and did yeah. an apprenticeship? Tell me, take me through the deal. Uh, yeah. uh, no, I was, mate, I was a young 15-year-old kid at school, troublemaker. No, not so much troubles in fighting, really, just a smart ass, you know, uh, just a lad at school. Um, I wasn't the best at it. You know, I just easily distracted, distracted others, used to come up on my report card every year. And uh, mum used to come up there every few weeks, you know, and be in tears going home going, geez, why can't you focus? Why can't you do this? You know, we used to have neighbours who were really smart, reading books every night at school, and I would be on the streets, you know, playing footy, playing soccer till all hours, and they'll be reading. Mum used to always say, why don't you be like that kid, you know? Just wasn't us, you know. But um, and then the the, the you know the, the school um, one of the teachers said, you know, we, he should find a job. I think it's it's time. He's got so much energy for being outdoors and doing things. I don't think he's made for school. So, mum and dad said, you know, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't know. What can I do? And at the time, a mate's um, old man was doing plastering, and I said to my dad, oh, I want to go do plastering. You know, my old man looked at me and goes, You're kidding me. And he goes, go give it a go. But I think my old man gave him uh, the boss a rev up and said, mate, make sure he hates it because I don't want him to do this. So I went out there, it was pouring <laughs> rain, got out in the mud and the guy gave, made me, you know, mix the bucket of mud in the rain. I'm going, oh, this, this ain't good. And then I, I reckon I was there for about half a day and they said, go get some lunches. So I went and got the lunches and I reckon when I dropped the lunches off, I said, man, I'm not feeling good. I've got to go home. And I left. I thought, this job's not for me. So I got <laughs> over and said to me, old man, I go, man, I feel like going back to school. And then he said, you know, when you give hairdressing a go, you know, he goes, you work indoors, it's never cold, it's a good climate. He goes, you get to meet women all the time. I go, oh, that's me. Um, so I, did, I thought I'll give this a go. I didn't know much about hairdressing, but, um, went in there, worked for another mate's old man who had a salon and, you know, it was, it was good girls all around shampoo and hair, you know, they, they were all, these, the staff were all up and about. They were always going to events and hairdressing shows and they were going out clubbing. They all had their hair done. I thought, this is cool. I was only 15 years old looking at these people going, I could do this, you know, but at, at that time there, I really didn't know much about hairdressing at all it was just a you know it was just a job but then I remember going to a seminar one day um they took me to um one of these nights where they talk about hairdressing and put on shows and they had all this hair going on I'm thinking oh, you know fashion catwalks and I go this is brilliant but a guy named I don't know if you know Edward Bill yeah, yeah I've heard of him I remember him yeah, yeah a long time ago yeah yeah Eddie Bill in his 70s and 80s was the king of Melbourne with the hairdresser you know everyone looked up to he did all the celebrity hairdressing and he was an icon and I remember him talking about hairdressing and where it could take you and he was talking about all the exciting things hairdressing had to offer you know and he said make sure you're in a you're, you're in a good cell and a cell that's going to take you to places and help you and educate you and train you and at this time I was in a small little salon and it wasn't really going to take me to where I needed to get to. So I remember walking away that night going, I want to be that guy one day. You know, he looks, he's a rock star. He was dressed cool, talking about all, he was telling us all these stories that he had. And I go, I want to be that guy, you know. 
So I sort of did me re- and then I really got into, I sort of started researching where's the salons, which salons are good, where can you get education and training from, how do I become this, this awesome hairdresser? So I did that and found a salon and um, this was the vehicle for me, you know. These were the guys who trained me hard, then they backed me and then I started entering awards and started building a brand for myself, started winning awards. You know, the first few, first few awards I got nothing, you know, but I still kept going back. I thought, you know, I'll keep going, keep entering, keep entering, won an award, that was good, built a bit of a brand. Then I started getting, you know, people wanted me to do their hair for their shows and events and fashion weeks and it just started steamrolling from there. Then it started doing some platform work and then take me internationally and then got me first business. I went to business partners with um, my boss at the time and um, then we set up in uh, South Yarra and Turak Road and the rest is history. And then, you know, 12 sal- uh, 11 salons down about to open the 12th one and still got plenty more in the tank. So, t- so Tammy, right now you're how old? Uh, 38. 38 years of age. you got... 12 salon about to open? 11. 11 yeah, salons? Yeah, 12 salons about, 11 now, one more about to open in about two months' and, time. And uh, how many how many hairdressers would you have in all the salons? So about 140 at the moment we're on. 140. You've got your own product, which I'm not going to talk about. And yeah. b- b- before we talk about the product, um, how many countries is the product sold in? So now we're in over, uh, I think we're in about 30, about to hit 30 countries, I think. By the end of this year, we'll be in... All states of America will be full. All North America, Canada will all be done. Uh, we've got New Zealand, Australia, and then we've got about um, yeah about twenty countries in Europe now who are taking the brand on. So wow, it's and grown quick. So your product is called Eleven Australia. Eleven Australia. Yep. So give me a little bit about the history of this. Sort of what where did you first decide? I mean, I'm, Edward Beale had his own product, and they all all these guys have their products, I guess, don't they? I mean, did Edward Beale have? Yeah. Did he have a product? It, Eddie was, yeah, Eddie was probably the first one in Australia to have his own brand. Um, he, I think he teamed up with um, one of the supermarket chains and set his own brand up and I think he still got him in, I think they're still in Woolies or one of the stores still stocks it, but um, he was a, he was a you know, pioneer, you know, he was one of the first ones to do it in Australia. So how, why did you decide to do your own product? So we did this, I mean, for me it was, at the time, I mean, I got into this in 2010 was the first time I won Australian Hairdress of the Year. 2011 I backed it up and then 2012 I won it again so I won it three years in a row and I think at that time it's like what do I do now you know I've won this award I've won this accolade what do I do and all the product companies were throwing themselves at me saying you know we want you to be an ambassador for our brand we want you to do this we want you to do that and you know opening checkbooks up you know and at the time I thought look I could do this for all these other brands you know and I thought I've built a good name now and I thought I think I should do this for myself, I think I, I think this is a time for me to team up with a good crew, which was the guys at Ausdare, who had a brand already. Then Kevin Murphy and um, Rob, Peter, Carlo, um, you know these guys were good, good blokes, good lads. I was always mates with them, and um, and at the time, me and a photographer who I work with all the time, Andrew O'Toole, we were looking at you know why don't we start our own brand? Why don't we do something ourselves? You know, and at the time it was you had to think I had. All these companies throwing these checkbooks at me saying, you know, jump on board, be our ambassador, you know, you'll travel the world. They were selling their stories and I'm thinking it all sounds brilliant. Or on the other side, I thought I can either jump into this side, you know, and it's the unknown side. There was no, you know, this could could have been the biggest flop ever and it could have, it could have gone nowhere. Or I could have jumped on the other side where I had all the checkbooks and there was always going to be something there for me. You know, I don't know how long that was going to last. It could have been a three-year, a five-year, a ten-year plan, you know. 
But for me, it was like, and and I thought while I'm hot, I think this is the time for me to have a crack. And, I, and I'm not afraid of uh, giving anything a go. You know, I thought I've got time. You know, I'm only at the time I was only 30 years old. I thought I'm I'm still young. I've got time. And I thought I'm going to invest in myself and invest in these boys. You know, these are the guys who let's give something a crack. You know, so. That's how I made the decision, you know, me and Andrew, and then we joined these guys, and then from there on in, it was hard yards. You know, we we went into developing products and testing and marketing and branding, and, you know, all my focus moved from, you know, doing the competition stuff. I still kept doing that, but my focus was on um, building, at the same time as building the salons and the brands, but building a product brand, which was... 11 Australia, and every single one of us put in some hard yards to build this brand, and you know, five years, six years down the track now, we've really seen it dominate. You know, in Australia, it was massive for the first two, two and a half years. And we launched into Sweden was our first country. And then it just started steamrolling. And now we're sort of, we're not even halfway down the hill. You know, the, the ball's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Countries are coming on, brands are, ta- you know, everyone's seen it. We're making a lot of noise and loving it, you know. Well, what's but interesting, take- what's interesting, Joe, Sorry. is, and I, I just want to, uh, sort of take pause in an instructive sense for the people listening. Yep. What's interesting here for those people listening is Joey built a brand. He put all the effort and hard work in building the brand. The way he did that is through winning awards and obviously there's a whole lot of energy, yep. et cetera, going into that. But what Joey's just explained to us is how you monetize that. So Joey has decided to monetize at a certain point in time, decided to monetize all the intellectual property he had in his own brand and and through the winning and having won these awards that endorses his brand and then he's monetizing. The way he's monetized it is through salons and by recruiting people and making people express the Scandizo brand and make money by doing people's hair. And then the second way he uh, monetizes that brand and through which, you know, which he built through the awards again, Time, effort, etc., and and by the way, skill. Um, uh, he's monetizing the second way is through a product, which he. But there's risk involved in that. So he could have gone and become an ambassador. But the problem with being an ambassador is that another Joey Scandizo might come along, and Joey Scandizo, the current one we're talking Short to, yeah. might not last. So um, yeah, and because you know Edward Bill was Edward Bill once, and now Joey Scandizo's you know gone past Edward Bill, and you know that's just what happens in every industry, not just hairdressing, but every industry. There's always another. There's always someone as good as you or better than you, the newest, the latest, you know, and and fashion to some extent is full of that stuff, the newest and the latest. So he's smart. What he's has embedded his brand and he's, he's opened up his life, his lifespan. So in other words, he's extended his lifespan by owning his own product and it's not called Joey Scanduzo, it's called 11. Take me through where the name, number 11, what, what's the significance of 11? So it was it was quite simple. I mean, um, the boy, when we got together, everyone said, you know, what are we going to call this brand? You know, and everyone had all these different ideas. You know, we had Southern Land, Southern Land. We had everything because we wanted to keep it Australian. We, you know, the boys who were doing this together were Australian blokes, and we knew Australian products in a, in, in a worldwide um, market would work. You know, especially in the states and even in Europe, they love you know everything Australian. So we wanted to keep that. That was important. But um, what those two? Uh, our first, pro- we've got a product called Miracle Hair Treatment, which uh, gives your hair eleven benefits that your hair will love. You know, this is our hero product. We sell thousands and uh, hundreds of thousands of this product. It is an ultimate product. You know, women use it. You put it in. It's a leave-in treatment, and it gives your hair eleven benefits that your hair will love. So that had eleven benefits. That was one thing. But the boys, when we all got together, was in two thousand eleven when we first started talking about it. So. 
it was just as simple because our brand is we try and keep everything simple. I remember when I was chatting to you and showing you the brand, um, we're in the when we're talking to the Anyo guys, we just sort try and simplify everything. You know, it tells you exactly what it does, and um, we just kept it quite simple. It was a year two thousand eleven. Our our hero product gave you your hair eleven benefits, and that's it. That's how it came. So there was nothing much more than that. Yeah, but simple is the most effective, and it's the hardest thing to achieve. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and that that's a, a great objective is to try and keep something simple, but ultimately we um, over sanitize and it becomes complex. So eleven is quite a for me. Um, I don't know what the significance of eleven is. You just explained it to me, but it, without having explained it to me, I wouldn't get the obvious point. But what is yeah. very obvious to me is eleven is very simple. It's easy to remember. Right. It's it's yeah. just a you know it's actually better than ten for some reason. Eleven just sounds very very simple. It's just two ones. It's sort of yeah. like in terms of a brand name, it's it, it doesn't elicit anything, it doesn't sort of send any emotions through me other than one thing. It's simple and I can remember it. And I think when yeah. it comes to name, as long as people remember the name, that's all that's important. It doesn't matter whether they like it, they don't like it, whether it uh, you know, evokes some sort of um, emotion, it's irrelevant. If 50% of the people can remember it, 50% can't, you've done pretty well. You know, yeah. 11 is easy to remember. Then what happens, when I remember it, I get hold of the product. So I'm, I see 11, or oh, yeah, I know that. that that's that Joey Skin Diesel brand. I get hold of the product. The next thing is, what does it tell me? So explain to me how you went about your packaging because the packaging is where you do your advertising about the product. Exactly, yeah. For us, I mean, we need to... It needed to sell itself, you know, as 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 a product. It needs to tell the story. So when you're shopping for this product and you're you're looking at it, I mean, hairdressers A will always try and help sell it, but they've got hundreds of brands to sell along the way. You know what I mean? But for us, it was just, we wanted the consumer to look at it, to look on the shelf, and just it just jumps at you know. Whereas keep my curl or give me body or hydrate my hair. It's telling you the story straight away. So I'm just looking at it and it's re- it's telling me exactly what I need. So if I want body in my hair, if I want, most women want volume. Ladies who have got fine hair, they want body. You know, so says, I want bodies and they know that that's for me. Or the, the lady who's got cu- uh, curly hair, you know, she's always got a problem with trying to keep defined and curls. So I says, keep my curl defining cream. So it speaks to you. It speaks to language to everyday person you know we we don't try and confuse people by saying it enriches and enhances and what does that mean exactly what does that all i don't even know what all that stuff means what you just said a bit of riches enhances i don't but if i'm looking on the shelf i'm i'm trying to buy something quickly because i want to get the hell out of there um exactly and i don't really want to stand there have someone give me a big lecture on it so you're right you you scan through it goes oh hold my curl or whatever it is that makes sense i mean how'd you come up with that and I think the time, because when we started, social media was around and we started seeing how quick people react to things. People were, if you look at someone, you know, years ago would look at a photo and spend a bit of time and, you know, they'll, they'd look at something or they'd read something. Now it's just flick, 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 you know, like, like, like. And it's that we are moving so quick. Everything you see, if someone's time spent at a retail shelf looking at something used to be, a, you know, two, three minutes that's in there, you know, read through a product. Now, if you don't capture them in the first 10 seconds, you've lost them, you know. So for us, as it has to jump out, it has to tell you and, and read a message straight away, you know. So, you know, you know, everyone's short of time. How much time would you spend in front of you? You know, you go down to the supermarket, you, you know, if you're looking for a bag of chips, do you sit there and go, I'm going to read through all this stuff yeah. and tell me what's going to give me this and what. You just go for the first thing that jumps at you, whether you know the brand 
or it says to you what it does straight away. You know, I, I want the cheese. I want cheesy corn chips. I will get cheese. You know, this is extra cheese. I'm going the extra extra cheesy ones. You know, yeah, you're yeah. not going to sit there and go the cheese is carved by you know cows from this paddock. And you know, some people spend time and invest in time into all the fluff. Which for us, I, I sometimes think I don't have time for fluff half the time, you know. Unless I've read about it or someone's told me or I've tried it, I'll go. Well, but, and the, and the most important thing is too that it works, you know. For us, as much as our packaging and it tells you the story, the most important thing for us is it has to work. Yes, this product doesn't work and doesn't deliver. Doesn't matter what I put on that package, I can, you know, put a gold sticker on it and or you know put a, a light beaming at me eyes so to catch your attention. But if if whatever's in that um, packaging does not work, if that goo doesn't work, no one's going to use it again. So all your marketing is thrown straight out the window. But and but but you got to get the, the, that advertising right. And I think you've, the I eleven yeah. product is brilliant. I love the name. I love the way you package it. It's very simple. And it, as you say, in a salon, walking out of a salon, it's pretty obvious. It stands out against all the other brands. So you yeah. know all these old traditional brands that you have to actually go and read the fine print to work out what it does, and and ultimately you don't want to have to stand there someone trying to explain it to you. I think the package is brilliant. I think the product's brilliant. Obviously, it's working well because you're now and now going to be, soon going to be in thirty different territories around the world. Joey Scandusa, what is next for Joey Scandusa? What's next? Tell me what what are you planning, mate? Okay, so I mean, we've, we've obviously we're opening more stores at the moment, so. For ele- for eleven or salons, you talk or both, both. You want to know about both? Okay, so salon wise, I mean, we've got the new salon in Richmond about to open up. Um, then we've got out. We've got a brand called Kings Domain, which is a uh, it's a men's barber brand, and, and barbering's going big time. You is know, it? But, yeah, it's move. Men are now moving away from. You know, we we spotted this probably five six years ago when we first opened our first but men's store. Five six years ago, there would have been a handful of barber stores. You know, nobody would men weren't going to barber stores, but we we spotted the trend. We thought, you know, I was over in the states, I saw it starting to happen. So I thought, I'm going to try this idea in Australia, and it was for two reasons here in Australia. I mean, our salon in South Yarra was was packed, it was pumping. You know, we we couldn't fit any more clients in, but we had probably you know 30, 30 probably thirty percent of our clientele were males. And the male price is obviously cheaper, and, and um, but it takes the same amount of time. So I thought, why not open this barber store across the road, rebrand it, call it a whole new name, get these bums off this seat in this salon, and put it over the road. So we moved all the men out, which opened up more space in the Joey Scandizo salon for the women who were coming in and having cuts, colours, buying retail. So it lifted the average of the Joey Scandizo salon price up. But in saying that, Gave me another opportunity to open a men's, a new brand over the road um, for the men market, which I thought is a good market to start hitting. And then, you know, that started to happen. And then from there, now we've gone to seven stores and seven locations. And that, to me, is the the um, the business that is going to be an easy one. To, not an easy one. It's going to take a lot of work, but a, a model to roll out. You know, we can be able to roll these ones. We've opened our first one in Sydney, in Maya, um, in Maya Pitt Street. So it's a model that you can take and roll out in various states of the country, you know what I mean? So that's 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 our focus on that and we we've teamed up with a couple of colleges now and investing some time in uh you know recruiting young hairdressers back into the industry and and in saying that we 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 need them. We need the next generation coming through. We need these kids. So investing in a college, putting our uh, education program through that and then you know, once they you know get through, then we sift them through our um, through our salons and our barber stores. So, 
for this year that that focus is on education and working with the um, the TAFE and the schools to build that. Um, so that's where we're going with that. And uh, Kings Domain, you'll see a few more of those roll out. 11 Australia, uh, the focus is uh, rollout. We're, you know, we're moving into so many European countries this year. Um, so we're focusing on them. There's, I think there's a, I can't remember the number, but there's over 10, 15 new countries by the end of 2018 that will be signed up. So we'll have to spend some time in these countries, you know, branding, showing the brand, talking them through it and, um, focus on that and then all of america we will finalize america by january 2019 america will be covered in um every state and uh north uh, and and canada as well so the focus and then and product development new products you know you've got a brand it's easy to just say yeah we've got this we've made it we're not even a brand like this you've got to continue to innovate create you know create new products formulate new products new ideas uh, collaborations with different brands. There's always something going on. Marketing ideas, campaigns, images, education books, education programs. Um, yeah, the list goes on. It just it's it's never ending. So everything we do is calculated. It's all um, monitored. You know, we're strategically done. We we have it all listed of you know the things we've got coming up and the dates and times and schedules. But for business, they're the two major things that we're focusing on. Um, for the, for the rest of this year. Mate, well, Joey, you're 38 years of age. <clears throat> you've created brands You've, in terms of product. You've created product yeah. brand. You've cr- created a uh, business brand in terms of your rollout of your salons and your men's salons and your women's salons. You've turned it, you've got your business as being internationally acceptable. You've got an overall great brand. You've created a beast. You're only 30 years, 38 years <laughs> of age. You've got a family to run. Mate, I wish you all the best of luck. You're, you've done a brilliant job so far and I have no doubt I will be looking at you in the future and saying I had the pleasure of interviewing Joe Scandizo. I had the pleasure of having Joe Scandizo on the television show and just having been able to talk to you and listen to your aspirations and also the things you've achieved, it's made my day. Thanks very much, Joey Scandizo. Mate, thanks for having us and congratulations to you, mate. You're doing a wicked job. The family love watching it on the uh, Monday night, so keep it up, mate. Can't wait to watch many more. See you, champ. Ciao. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.